Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I be Rob. I be Jen, whose birthday falls on top like a pirate day. Ooh. Fifteen men on a dead men's chest. Yo-ho-ho, and I'm David. And I, and I hope you'd be like, I hope you'd be liking podcasts about pirates, because you're recording one. Oh man, I should go get my bottle of rum. Hi, 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 hi. You, you don't want me podcasting after I've got my bottle of rum. <laughs> rum disagrees with me. Uh, I think you don't want to be uh, drinking rum after eating at Long John Silver's. Which I did earlier today, as I was just mentioning before we started recording. So I am, oh, I am prepared. Ye, if if ye be doing that, then ye be erupting like the blowhole of the great whale. <laughs> yeah, I guess if there are any awkward cuts later in this episode, then you you know what may have happened. Uh, I see. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the fifteenth episode of. Uh, season three, Rescue Bots, uh, first aired March twenty eighth, twenty fifteen, and uh, written by our old pal Greg Wiseman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh boy. This is the third of three episodes of uh, Rescue Bots that he he did. So, uh, uh, of course, you know him. Uh, did uh, did he does Young Justice, Spectacular Spider Man, uh, Star Wars Rebels, Gargoyles. and of course Gargoyles. Which we did uh, a Patreon episode several months back. Yeah. You know, he's a... I didn't really know that he was into pirates. Is he, or did he just want to do a pirate thing for this one episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying... I, I somehow, somehow there is no Gargoyles episode where they encounter, like, pirate gargoyles. Actually, like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that didn't there? happen in the second season. Yeah, exactly. They're going all over the world with, uh, you know... Th- On a boat, they I should know. have encountered... Yeah, what the... I'm shocked that they did not encounter pirates. I mean, I guess pirates weren't really ba- that big in the 90s. Yeah, that's fair. Were that, they? That was sort no, of they, they like... they weren't. It was like, maybe not. That was one of those aughts things, like zombies. Mm. Zombies also became huge in, in the aughts. I mean, they tried. You will remember, of course, Cutthroat Island, uh, starring yeah, Gina Davis, which was a that. huge disaster. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, actually. It uh, it wasn't good. I don't think it was bad. It just no one went to see it. Yes, and I mean, things pirate movies are extremely expensive because you got to you know build a bunch of boats yeah. and you fish. You got to shoot on the water, and then you're at the mercy of the weather. And then you're trying yeah. to film without getting boats and speed boats in the background. But, uh, but it's much easier to like, just do it in animation. You could just do like Our Flag Means Death and just do things on a soundstage. Well, and yeah, that fine. is easier. But it's you want to have on a, on a boat or at least near a dock or something. And I am confused how they're making a live action One Piece, and that's got to be expensive as hell. But the shots of the sets look amazing. Mm. It's crazy. I, I'm tentatively excited about that madness. I still don't know why they're doing it. But then again, I don't know why Netflix does a lot of shit. Well, I mean, that live-action Cowboy Bebop did so well. Why'd they do that <sighs> Death Note <Yeah>. movie? <laughs> oh, God. 
No, they did the Death Note movie and then thought all these other wars were a good idea after that. Is That's the confusing part. Oh, I have stayed away from the Cowboy Bebop because the casting looks good. Mm-hmm. The, the costumes look good. But everything I've heard about it sounds like, no, I should not watch it. E- even if, like, the actors are doing their best, it doesn't sound great. Especially from the few clips I've seen of, like, the villain. Looks like a comedy character now. It sounds interesting, oh. and possibly someday when, when I'm, I'm back on having Netflix, I might consider hmm. taking some time to watch it if I'm out of, like, all the other things that keep coming out all the time. <laughs> But yeah, because I've heard the, the Jet is good and Faye is good, but like the show itself didn't sound great. Ed but doesn't show up till the end. But of course, well, by Ed 2015, show up at all to be perfectly honest. Yeah, by 2015, of course, pirates were big thanks to those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which the yeah. score of this episode is blatantly ripping off. Uh-huh! like <laughs> I, I expected to. Like throwing some goofy music. There's, there's various pirate songs I looked up, and then I started watching the episode. And it's like, wow, that's so Pirates of the Caribbean. It's it's unashamed, blatant. Like so close. It's like, did they? Did, how did they not get sued? I mean, they changed the, the right amount of notes. Probably no well, one. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. Stay tuned for next week's episode, which has a similar situation. <laughs> oh. I didn't know. Okay. So uh, so it is once more Founders Day in uh, Griffin Rock. Remember, we, we had that last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, it was last season. It's like, I remember it I happened, so, oh, no, I guess I two seasons like, ago. So I guess a, oh, two at least a year has passed, oh. possibly two years. Okay. I was going to say, now we have some establishment of the passage of time. Which also involved nautical adventure. Yes. So we missed an episode with Cody's birthday in there somewhere. Well, everyone's birthday yes. in there somewhere, but... I mean, probably the, they had uneventful birthdays that did not warrant an episode. Mm-hmm. And of course, you remember that the uh, that Griffin Rock was founded by Horace Burns, the uh, the ancestor of the uh, of the of the Burns family. And so, yeah, it, the statue guy in the middle of town. Yeah. And so, much because, like uh, what the fuck is the guy in the Simpsons? A uh, Jebediah Springfield. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> a noble spirit embiggens. The uh, the common man. Oh right, that ridiculous. Thing. Yeah, hello, all, Dougie. All my ancestors with statues have been getting torn down lately, and that's for the best. <laughs> Yay! I, oh, I can't imagine any of my. Well, oh no, there, there probably is a statue of Seward, but he's like a great great uncle. Well, I don't uh, think amusingly, there were any actual uh, statues? Because I feel like my sister would have brought that up at some point, but yeah. <laughs> Well, amusingly, there is an episode of The Simpsons in which they find out that the uh, the founder of the Jebediah Springfield was perhaps also a pirate. <gasps> Yo-ho-ho. Was there that much piracy going on that far north in the Atlantic? Yeah, I really think of piracy as like a southern, you know, like a, again, pirates of the Caribbean, not pirates of Maine. Well, either it would have been earlier... Like when America wasn't America, or the, the, a main like just would have been like we gotta run away for a week. <laughs> Let's go up there. Yeah, Pirates of the Bay of Fundy. As long yeah. as that week happens to be in the months of June, July, or August, <laughs> I'm just thinking the weather is probably not great yeah. for spending long time, long periods of time at sea up there. Yes. Mm. So anyway, because of her, uh, because of her, you know, 
uh, skills as a as a rescue pilot and her uh, participation in a clothing drive on the mainland. Uh, hmm. It is going to be it, Danny's going to light this ceremonial torch. Of course, you know Heatwave nervous about this, but Chase assures him that uh, all fire code requirements have been met. Have we normally had Heatwave being this like fussy about fire safety? It's a little fussy. For I him. mean, I like it, but I, I do feel like normally we don't see him being quite as much as into the prevention of fires as he is there, you know, putting out. They're extinguishing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but unfortunately, before this torch can be lit, Huxley, Huxley Prescott has decided that nobody's currently paying attention to him. <laughs> and he's got to change that. Pretty much. So he dramatically interrupts the ceremony and tells everybody that he has evidence that the Burns are descended from, not only from Horace Burns, but from his wife Bertha, who was a pirate. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And of course there were lady pirates back in the golden age of piracy. There absolutely were. Uh, Often they escaped uh, the gallows by getting pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> I don't know if they also like did that weird thing with their voice that she does. I mean, they could have. It, it might have helped them. Like they just they, I don't they, know. they put on the pirate accent. Yes, yes. And his proof of this is that he has a portrait of Bertha, dressed as a pirate, and as is so common in this sort of thing, she looks exactly like Danny. Wow. Yeah, well, we don't get a close-up look at it, but yeah. I mean, it's clearly just the character model in a pirate costume. Yes. Yeah. In a, a painted style in a pirate costume, which is cute. Yes. And so, in what will be a recurring theme in this episode, everybody is really mad about this. <laughs> which, well, the, the mayor is mad, and everyone just gets... Yeah, I think it's more that the mayor is mad and everyone else just sort of goes along with what he's doing about it. I'm really not sure why he's so mad. I don't know either. It's confusing. He he probably feels... Because the thing is, the mayor is not a man of, like, deep thought and consideration. This is true. So he probably feels that in some way he has been, like, his own reputation has been impinged by Huxley Prescott coming in in the middle of his big thing and and saying you are all wrong and now the mayor feels that he needs to like dramatically overcorrect for for this I feel like it'd be more likely that the mayor would be like trying to ignore past ancestors like actions like I feel like he's descended from carpetbaggers (laughs) I thought that was more of a southern thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, he, they were the only carpetbaggers who moved mm. from south to north. Maybe, maybe. Or they carpetbagged from, like, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also somewhere in here, uh, Huxley Prescott uh, says, Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say rum on a show for little kids. Yeah. And also, uh, of course, this is not just any pirate, but a pirate who personally wronged uh, 
Griffin Rock because Bertha stole a fortune from the Griffin Rock Guildhall Charity Fund in sixteen fifty two. She stole from the charity which is okay, pretty bad. So anyway, the mayor's gonna light this torch himself, and as you can expect, seconds later, the entire thing is on fire. <laughs> He's not paying attention and held the torch up towards the bunting, and now the whole stage is on fire. Good job. Good job, Mayor Lusky. <laughs> so, of course, you know, they put it out. He is extremely mad, but then, you know, he's decided that he's going to suspend the entire rescue team and their robots for the crime of being distantly related to pirates. <laughs> Again, I think this is probably entirely just more the the crime of making him feel like he's been made to look bad. Not even the crime of making him look bad. Just making the crime of making him feel like he's been made to look bad. And and so to replace him, he's going to form a citizen safety board with seemingly the first three people he can grab. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Well, one is his assistant, usually. Right, the, the guy who kind of looks like uh, Carlton Banks. Yes. Yeah. And the helicopter guy, who or gyrocopter guy, who was always around. Right, helipack guy. And he gets more lines this episode, which is only like the third time ever. Yeah, and this yeah. kind of like toque-wearing guy, Milo. Yeah. I don't remember seeing him before. He turns up, he kind of looks like Aaron Paul. He does. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I can see that. Yeah, rescue, bitch. And so, you know, obviously the, the team wants to know where Prescott got all this, got this this dirt on them. But, of course, he refuses to give up this source, but he does want an interview. He, uh, he wants to know if uh, Danny has any comment on her spiral into disgrace. <laughs> he's just so, like, he's, yeah, he's making a big deal out of it. It's pretty hilarious. But it turns out they have some blackmail material on him in the form of him singing a disco medley at uh, last year's Lobster Fest karaoke. <laughs> yes. What What is this device they're showing it on, too? Because Cody pulls out this thing that's got, like, a round screen. It's, it's weird. It's a weird device it that he's weird. showing this video on. But I don't know. <laughs> Kids have weird tech things sometimes. Well, maybe th 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 this proves that this alternate reality that transforms and it takes place in the same world as It Follows. <laughs> I have not seen that yet, but I should. Very good. They had, like, it, it felt like it was set in the 80s, except they had, like, little cell phones that were shaped like clamshells. Like actual clamshells? Something like that. I don't know if they were actually... Well, they sort of flipped open. I forget if they were clamshell shaped. They were just weird... And weren't quite cell phones, but were. It was odd. But it's, it has nothing to do with the movie. It's just like a couple scenes. Like, what the? Is that a phone? What the hell? It should be like, like V for Vendetta, where it was 
immediately before smartphones. So at that point, phones just kept getting smaller and smaller. And so they indicated their fancy futuristic cell phones by them being like the size of a stick of gum. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of miss that. When that's like, like actually the opposite direction <laughs> phones have taken. Well, because phones have taken a direction away from being phones. Yes. So it turns out that his source is close to home. It's uh, it's Wayward Burns' uh, uncle, Woodrow, still voiced uh, by uh, by the delightful Mark Hamill. I'm glad that we get some more of Uncle Woodrow. I like him. Uh, so, you know, he's at this library. As you will recall, it is the same library that was made of recycled garbage that was once almost assembled by specially trained lemurs. <laughs> yes. So, you know, he uh, he didn't even tell them that he was in town because he was going to make it a surprise. Because he's kind of very excited by this whole pirate thing. Yeah, he yeah. thinks this is super cool. He's not, you know, dis... Uh, feeling disrespected by it at all. Well, it's, it, it's generally a thing that he doesn't really care about what other people think about him because he never sees other people. That's well, yes. understandable. <laughs> that's that's relatable. I say as I'm sitting here in dark gray camo sweatpants and a bright orange and pink tie-dye sweatshirt. I also don't care what other people think of me because I don't see other people. <laughs> Uh, so indeed, he has found a map to uh, to, to uh, the lost treasure of Captain Bertha. So, you know they they take it to Boulder, and it's he can't find anything in his database. Wait, it's like her married name is Bertha Burns. Yes, Bertha Burns. Yes, that, that's a mouthful. We don't find out if she had like a pirate name or anything. No, we do uh, find out her maiden yeah, name later, maiden name, but yeah. not her pirate name. Mm. I think it like Birth of the Red or something. All pirates have pirate names. Well, I'm not, uh, not like uh, not like Captain Kidd. He's just a guy named Kidd. <laughs> yeah. Samwise has decided he needs to purr up against the microphone, so enjoy that. Oh, he's very loud. <laughs> and of course, Kate is concerned that uh, Woodrow might have more news, like that their great uncle is Dracula. <laughs> Well, one of these days. <laughs> Surprise! Also, introducing your great uncle. Because you see, he'd uh, still be alive if he was a vampire. Yes. Um, not only alive, but also a transformer. <laughs> Man, I should have got that toy. I, I got it when it was on sale. It, it is fantastic. It's. I mean, he turns he not only turns into a robot with a cape, but then you can give the bat the cape when he's in bat mode. Oh man, I love that. I love clothes. I got it. I haven't opened it. He's one of the few things that just sits as a decoration. Well, he has, he has a really nice box. Yes. But anyway. He, he probably does have the nicest box of any Transformer I've gotten in quite a while. So yeah, they, they scan this map, and it uh, turns out Bertha was too clever by half because she's inverted the colors on the map, and what appears to be the water is the land, and vice versa. That doesn't seem Wasn't like it, it I, should... I read it the other way in the first place. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it should trick people that easily, but I guess sometimes people are easily tricked. I mean, people were, you know, it, it was like 400 years ago. Nobody was that smart. <laughs> Most people couldn't read. 
That's well, it's fair. Hard, reading a map is an odd thing to begin with, and some of them look shitty. I just assumed, like, oh, those little things are islands, not lakes. Yes, because it mm-hmm. turns out they are the Griffin Keys. Although I guess that's more interesting than the classic thing. Oh, no, the compass is upside down or some shit. <laughs> Have we had Griffin Keys before? I think this is new. We're, we're just getting new geographical features of Griffin Rock all the time. Just so many geographical features. There's been island chains before. Maybe we've had mention of the keys. I mean, there are a bunch of islands. I don't know if they've mentioned keys before. Maybe. I wonder if the series Bible actually has, like, an in-depth, detailed map, or if different writers just make up extra islands <laughs> whenever they feel like it. Yes. Apparently, because, like... How many do we have so far? We have the island of junk. We have the island where the um, where there's, 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 have, the cave, there's like the caveman the island. Caveman. Yeah, wasn't the ca- uh, the caveman Which, island is just like one? no? That's I think the same one that the griffin came from. I think so. Yes. Oh, okay. So there's the griffin. Okay, there's that. There's the weird there, there stuff. There's the junk island. There's the weird stuff island, and there's the Q island. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Q Island is is removed. It's like further away. Let's just blow so up the may Q not be Island. The keys, be for the best for everybody. And there's the key. I guess the keys are in the opposite direction of everything else. Wait, what was the Q Island again? Was that the one where went uh, Quarry's headquarters? Oh, right, the poacher guy. Sorry, I thought that was the island where uh, the uh, the Griffin Rock elite uh, drain adrenochrome <laughs> from children. <laughs> There anyway, is, so I guess it was an iceberg where they found the old the ghost oh, ship. Oh, right, the right, the the Titanic, the fake Titanic. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't actually an island. It was just it was an iceberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is. So Woodrow's now off on some pirate adventure. He's going to go with Cody, Danny, and Blades to to check him out. Danny is very mm-hmm. invested in disproving this whole thing. Yes. While on the other hand, Cade really wants some treasure. And yes. everybody else just thinks it's fun and cool. Poor Danny. <laughs> she just wants to not look exactly like this old pirate ancestor. Yeah. Meanwhile, not fun and cool, the Citizen Safety Board. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no. some traffic lights that aren't working, so they send Helipack guy to direct the traffic and with Mr. hand Harrison, signals. Mr. Harrison, isn't it? Yes, Mr. Harrison. Yeah. And he's doing with hand signals, which is going fine up until the point when he is attacked by a bee. And causes an enormous traffic pileup. Yes. Or possibly a wasp. It could be waspinator terrorized. <laughs> and then later we we kept, we catch them like on the phones and there's some sort of issue with a python that they're not dealing with? Yes. Yeah, first they were talking about something up a tree. I thought they were saying, oh, Mr. Pettypaws again. No, it's a python. Yes, they make it sound <laughs> like, oh, it's just a lost pet. And then he recommends that they put out a, a saucer of milk or whatever it is that pythons like. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> so, so we head we head out to we find this cave, and it is too big for Blades to go in. So he is not too disappointed to find out that it is uh, that he can't go in. So he's just going to wait for them outside. He's just going to hang out on the beach, and as as we see shortly after, make a, a sand uh, rescue base. Well, there was a great, because, you know, they're lost in there, and they're like, well, we've been in here for so long. Blades must have gone for help. And they do the Gilligan cut to <laughs> Blades, who has built an elaborate sandcastle of the yes. firehouse. 
with himself on it. Yes. He's out on his little helicopter out on the helipad. <laughs> Don't trust Blades to go for help. So or yeah, they, trust so, him to go for help immediately. It'll be one so of yeah, the two. Yeah, they're lost in these caves, which uh, Woodrow likens to the uh, Iba, the rock mazes of Iba, of Iba Bunto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes up with some odd names in this episode. And then, of course, uh, they come to a, sl- like a, a water slide. I, I just think of that Simpsons bit with the uh, the super happy fun slide. <laughs> well, when am I going to be here again? But uh, but I think it, it might also be a reference to the Goonies, which I have not seen in ages. Oh, yeah, yeah, this episode, whole episode kind of feels like Goonies reference. We have wandering into caves. We have spoilers. There's a pirate ship later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they 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 encounter some puzzles. There's riddles. Yeah, there's a skull and crossbones, and they do find this chest, which they don't open until they take it back to the firehouse. Yeah, like not they don't even have to open it. Picking it up, you think we would be able to find oh, the they answer? They want it to be a surprise. Like, isn't it really light? I mean, it's wood, so it's probably fairly heavy. It's just not as heavy as it should have been. Have you ever picked up bars of heavy metal? You would know. They're not thinking that hard. Well, they they may not realize that they didn't really have paper money back then. <laughs> yeah. Woodrow should know. $100 bills. I mean, if they had to ask Blades to pick it up. Yes. Like, he had to reach somewhere, but he couldn't get into the cave, so Woodrow probably was the one that picked it up. Or Danny. It was Woodrow, and he was so excited that he was just like, I'm not going to bring it up. Considering how light it is, maybe they had Cody pick it up. I mean, Danny is hoping that it's empty, so maybe yes. she picked it up and was like, this is good. We're going to take this back and have a but huge reveal. But she was reveal. surprised when they finally opened it. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> So there is an inscription inside. I mean, they, 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 there should have at least been something inside other than, like, there's no gold. Yeah. Like a box of rocks. Yeah. It, says that only, rocks. Yes, rocks. it says that only the last key will unlock the treasure. And, of and course, thus they, we discover that there's the Griffin Rock keys. Yes, so they pretty quickly figure out it's the most distant of the keys, so they sent, they leave Chase behind. Everybody else is off for pirate adventure. Yay! Hmm. Yo-ho-ho. Uh, Cade is doing the bushwhacking, which he assures everybody that he's good at, until he knocks a nest of digger wasps. And then we discover he's allergic to wasps. Yes. I, I I don't know if I've ever heard anyone allergic to wasps before. Bees, yes. Oh, wasps, sure. I've, I, we've all seen My Girl. <laughs> yeah. I was allergic to, and I don't know if I still am, because I have successfully managed to avoid getting stung by anything for about 30 years or so. But I used to be allergic to just all stinging insects in general with different degrees of severity. Mm. I I would get stung by a bee and it would swell up maybe like a couple inches across. I got stung by a yellow jacket one time on my hand and my whole hand swelled up like a rubber glove that you blew off. I was once stung by at least half a dozen bees and then they were gone like two days later. Then again, that was decades ago. Anyway, of course, Woodrow, of course, is familiar with this because he has encountered the giant hornets of Waspzilla. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Oh, uh, Waspzilla, that's Now what he's he said. definitely making things up. Yeah, have, have I ever mentioned that to you? Often. 
<laughs> now he's definitely making that up. Also, Heat Wave takes great pleasure in just shooting a beam of water to not cade into the the stream so that the wasps leave him alone. I like Mark Hamill's delivery of those lines. It, every time it sounds like he's making up the name when he describes a weird place. Yes. Yes. Like he might, in fact, be making up Waspzilla. And soon they, uh, in, in what is, I assume is an homage to It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, they find a pair of crossed palm trees uh, that make a, a big X. Which one has to wonder how. <laughs> Did she plant them all that time ago and just like well, make yeah, sure like, they were leaning? In a Mad, 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 Mad World, it's at least like only like a decade or something ago. In this, it's like two centuries or whatever the fuck. Like the trees... Yeah, I don't know how long a palm tree lives. Trees she would have planned to be fucking gone. How long does a palm tree? That's a good thing to look at. I'm sure it's fine. Maybe they were plastic. <laughs> of course, it's... Of course, it's a more... Um, it's somewhat more implausible in Israel because that is a giant... It's a giant DW. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, seven to eight decades is the lifespan of a palm tree. Oh, so not 400 years. No, maybe a hundred. They're not sequoias. hundreds. No. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of longer than I would have thought, but still. Although, again, given, you know, modern frame of reference, they may be referencing the Simpsons episode that references... That references it's a Mad Mad. Yes. They're under a a giant T. I don't know. I kind of feel like Greg Weissman is a guy who has seen like, yeah, that's true. All those old movies. I've seen it. It's a mad, 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 mad world. I don't remember it other than Dom DeLuise is in it. I don't think Dom DeLuise is in it. Oh no, no. I'm thinking of another overweight comedian. What the fuck was his name? Um, I don't know. Not I mean, Danny of... DeVito. No, I haven't seen it in like 20 years, and the movie's like 50 years old at this point. Buddy Hackett, maybe. Keep talking. Okay, so anyway, um, so they, they start digging, but unfortunately all they find is like a, a an old rotted piece of wood. Oh no, rotted piece of wood on an island. Of course there's lots of it. Yeah, so they're all, oh, well, I guess, you know, nothing there, we'll just go home. Guess there's no treasure. But no, D- Danny is insistent that they keep digging, and sure enough, they soon find that the, the rotted piece of wood is oh. but... The, uh, I was thinking of Jonathan Winters. Oh, Jonathan Winters. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, they soon find the rotten piece is, is but the merest tip of the sh- of a ship's mast, and she has somehow buried an entire pirate ship. Yeah. As you do. It does seem like that would take... I mean, the Goonies, take... there was an entire pirate ship in a cave. This is right, true. Right, but you just do that by... Sailing it into a yeah, cave. Yeah, they, 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 I mean, they sailed it out, so they must have been able to sail it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it's like, oh, we found a a, a niche, a cave between two hunks of island, and threw a shitload of dirt in there until it was covered. That's easy to do. I mean, I guess you can have like an entire pirate crew, but then what, the question is, what happened to the crew? Yeah, there's a good, the, the rest of the crew is never mentioned. Didn't and I guess they... Want the treasure. There should have been skeletons there. It's like, oh, you guys want to keep the treasure? Fine, you're dying here. Yes. They probably then, again, then the also retired. Started. She probably, like, paid yeah. them a decent retirement wage and then out of all the treasure and then was like, okay, go retire. 
Bye. Or she double-crossed them all and buried them in shallow graves. Maybe. <laughs> and that's why they're not with the ship. Because dead men tell no tales, matey. This is true. Unless they're skeletons. Murdering pirates is fine. Stealing from the charity is not okay. <laughs> it's a mad, 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 mad world is, well, as of next year, 50 years old. Holy crow. Well, I mean, yes. pretty much everybody in it is dead now. We are all yes. very old. Well, because they were all old actors at the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, they were all really. old then. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, Mickey Rooney was probably the last one alive. Oh, I think a couple of the female cast members might still be alive. Maybe. Some of them were a little... Well, actually, uh... I mean, Carl Reiner just died like two years ago. He's in it. Oh. It's a huge freaking cast. Anyway, so, uh... Where were we? Alright, so, uh... So, yeah, so... They they found this ship and they in it is not only a a chest of actual treasure, treasure. but also uh, also Bertha's logbook. And I I think when they think that it was a a fake, uh, Blades notes that uh, his timbers just unshivered. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they uh, they find this logbook, the logbook of Bertha Carnahan, which was her maiden name. And, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, she gave up the pirate life because she fell in love with Horace Bird. She's got, like, his picture in there with, like, little hearts drawn around it. <laughs> Aw. Love piracy. It's probably, like, a Mrs. Bertha Burns. He stole her heart. Uh, so, you know, we're back in, we're back in Griffin Rock. You know, and, you know, she gave up this life and she hid her whole life as a pirate. To avoid scandal engulfing her, uh, uh, you know, her life, and but she hoped that one of her descendants would one day find it so that they could restore the the treasure to the town. And here they are. Yes. So we're back uh, back in Griffin Rock. You know, they're trying to hold another Founders Day, but everybody is mad. Because it turns out the uh, the the rescue committee or the sorry the, the safety board is completely useless. Yes. <laughs> There's a guy who's who's yelling at him about that useless sit in station board, and it's one of the guys who's on it. <laughs> yes. That's how bad it is. It's the Aaron Paul looking guy. Yes. He's mad that they're so useless. It's like, but you're on it. It's beside the point, oh. bitch. <laughs> But hey, soon enough the team turns up. They've got the treasure. You know, they're they're going to give that treasure to charity 400 years late and the pirate ship is going to go to the museum. So, thankfully the team is restored. Woodrow's going to find out more about uh about the family history. And the episode ends. That's it. Yeah, the, the mayor's happy because there's shiny gold and... Um, the mayor is distracted by shiny objects. Mm. Hopefully it's not like that Pirates of the Caribbean gold that turns people into, like, skeletons. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, it could be cursed. Oh, that would be a great follow-up episode. <laughs> they managed to convince Huxley Prescott to, like, tell them... Oh, no, that was early in the episode, how they found out shit. Yes, by a disco blackmail. 
yeah. Which means that there's not only a lobster festival in Griffin Rock, there's also a crayfish festival. Yeah. There's lobster, crayfish, uh, crab. Where are we going to get the crab? Probably a crab festival, shrimp festival, prawn festival. Oh, man. Prawns. I wonder where they're going to keep the painting. (laughs) Okay, do do they still have that painting of their... Not great, 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 but great, great... The one with the iceberg. I think they kept that one, yes. Yeah, they, they should have... There should be a room yeah, somewhere just the bur- in there with paintings. The the, the uh, Gallery of Implausible Burns Ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> I assume they just keep... You know, the show goes on for another season and a half, so I assume they just keep introducing them. Yeah, yes. Ah, yes, it's my... Uh, if Woodrow comes back and finds out more odd pieces of history... It's just a wing of the museum. It's it's our pilgrim forefather, Cotton Burns. <laughs> but shockingly, he was married to a witch, Prudence <gasps> Burns. <laughs> oh, a witch! Oh, yeah, we, we should have a like a Salem witch on an island episode. I do kind of Give wonder if they one. intentionally have Danny be the one who's always super invested in all these like ancestral love stories because she. Her actresses in lots of Hallmark specials. Oh sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, sadly that uh, the episode about Midwinter with the uh, you know the writer of Midwinter did not have enough uh, space to have her like uh, get into some romance with like some <laughs> hunky guy from out of town. Yes. Well, but then she'd have to convince the hunky guy with the, the uh, ad agency job to stay in town. <laughs> I mean, look, we're, we're getting fresh bread on a doorstep. What more do you need? <laughs> also, we have robots. Now, if only we can get Cade turned into a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. You, you do the, the Hocus Pocus homage with oh, yeah. Cade. <laughs> Just an episode where he gets turned into a cat. But then That's you have to have episode. a plausible science reason why he's turned into a cat. I'm sorry, what now? Have <laughs> you forgotten what show we're talking about? Plausible in heavy quotes. Yeah, there there are not a lot of Transformers episodes with, like, magic in them. The plausible science reason is science. I mean, like, but normally the things they do are external, like creating goblins or kaiju, not turning one person into another thing. Although we did Maybe have- there's like a brain switching machine that switches his brain into a cat. We did have a brain swap episode, but it involved going into space. You'd have to get Cade and Mr. Pettypaws in a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, again, great idea for an episode. Yes. Oh, man, all that shed cat hair in zero G. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. And, like, the shed cat hair gets into, like, the machines, and that causes the brain swap. And you've also got to deal with Cade acting like a cat, because Mr. Pettipaw's yes. brain is in his body, so he's, like, constantly hiding in trees. Yeah, that would I be the... entire episode... St- oh, the entire episode of... Uh, oh, just Heatwave picking up at him up out of trees. <laughs> like, every time you cut back to him, I got him again. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that is the episode. You know, this, this was an enjoyable one. Uh, perhaps not the amount of shipping that we often get from uh, Greg, Weisman. Greg Weisman, but uh, an enjoyable amount of piratical action. Nobody got tied up and thrown into a 
trunk with anybody, like, in his prime episode. It was off-camera shipping. I kept expecting, like, a flashback scene that never happened. Yes, I was kind of, you know, with, like, uh, Lacey Chabert doing, like, a pirate voice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, and in the background, I've been trying to find any pictures of the actors that are going to be in the One Piece live action in their outfits from the show... The filming has been done since, like, August, and I can't find shit. Mm. Like, there's set photos. There's no... I mean, there's photos of the actors, but not in costumes. It's weird. That would be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, see but MCU. it'd be nice to see what... The, like, at least, I, at least the main guy who... Well, a lot of the casting is like, oh, they do look like the characters. Well, like, the main mm-hmm. guy playing Luffy, it's like, yes, he's perfect. What? I'm Nobody looks like any characters in that show. I know. No one should, and yet they're... They managed to find a bunch of actors who are as close as you're going to get in reality without being... Okay, admittedly, the women are drawn really weird in one piece that they have elongated hourglass figures that no human being could ever have. Yes. But still. All right, so I believe it's now time for David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, and my voice is dying, and I'm trying to bring up the wiki for the episode no. I'm going to do. And I, I wrote my notes backwards. And I wrote them the, anyway. Go turn page. Send you um, some cough drops through the microphone. Oh, I wish I had cough. Well, I, I think I have cough drops. Oh no, maybe I could have cough drops now. I couldn't have cough drops for a while because of dental shit, but now I think I probably can do that at least on one side of my mouth. Anyway, this week on one, two, three, four, five. Five man, the forty-five meter grade schooler. Okay, what's what? that in normal measurements? Wait, is that just like I say, like an American asshole? I have to do the math. Was that just like Billy Madison? Billy Madison is forty-five meters tall. What? Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant forty-five years old. Sorry. No, forty-nine yards. That does not help me. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> so, uh, is this like a honey? I blew up the kids scenario. No, it, it, the the mushroom bad guy had, is like planting mines to trap the rangers and to use his bait. There's a giant monster already wandering around town that he's paid off, and well, it's a giant pig monster who has a backpack because he is a grade schooler because he's a monster from a planet where everyone's giant. Okay. And I have a cat pawing at the door, annoying me. 135 feet. Oh, it took way too long to find. But yeah, anyway, the, the the rangers are having their little family breakfast. They turn on the news, and there's this giant monster. So, okay, we got to go out in our vehicles to attack the monster, but we drive there. Instead of walking, the robot are flying there. Well, two of the vehicles are ground vehicles and one's air. Anyway, they do hit the mine, which wrecks one of their three vehicles, so they can't combine together and stop the giant monster that's not really wrecking shit, but it is wandering around. And then wanders in, away from a city in, into, like, the, the woods and shit, so that they try to attack it on foot, or, or see what the fuck it's doing on foot. And it manages to, like, pits the pink ranger and starts throwing giant pencils at her because it has pencils on its giant backpack because it is a grade schooler. Okay. <laughs> and, and then before he can deliver the final blow with a pink pencil, the black ranger comes in and, and is driving on a bike in circles which confuses this child and he falls over and 
steps on one of the pencils, which jabs into his foot. Ow. He's like, oh no, we, we have a Christian versus lion situation Ow. with a toddler. So it, it's convenient the Black Ranger is there to help the Pink Ranger because the Black Ranger is the one who knows how to translate alien language. Which is such an amazing, insane thing. And yet it's a thing that it's kind of surprising me doesn't come up more. That like, There's so many times like, the monsters are aliens. Why would they be talking Japanese? We need a translator. But having a guy on the team who's a translator who's just a school teacher is weird. Anyway... They managed to figure out, yes, this is a grade score. I, I came here because a mushroom-headed monster gave me five dollars. Well, five <laughs> doll yens. It, it's half dollar, half yen, because it's alien money. Oh, I was going to say, when you're when you're a grade schooler, five dollars is like, you will do anything. <laughs> yes, five dollars is a lot, but it's from this mushroom monster who's like two meters tall, and you're 35 meters tall, and he handed you a normal-sized bill... What are you going to do with that? I don't know how the exchange rate works for giant money. <laughs> anyway, the, the uh, where are we? Oh, the, the big monster is, of course, crying after it gets the pencil jammed in its foot. And then the two rangers help yank the pencil out. And the reason the giant alien pig monster took $5 and it was effectively kidnapped and brought to this planet to be a decoy is because... The mushroom monster found him because he was skipping school because he flunked his math test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was skipping school because he's bad at math. Oh, what a surprise. These rangers are teachers and Pink probably is math teacher. I don't remember what they each were. But she helps teach him how to do math in Japanese, but he speaks alien language, so I don't know if he's going to be able to pass his test when he eventually does get back to his planet at the end of the episode. Spoilers, he doesn't die! They don't kill a grade schooler who's a 45 Maybe they use, pig. like, base 16 or something, and all of her math lessons are completely useless to him. Yes, it could be good, but by the end of the episodes, he learns to do math in Japanese. <laughs> and that's the only Japanese he can speak. It's like, well, I could say four. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the mushroom-headed accountant space merchant cheap-ass Ferengi with a Godzilla tail shows up riding on a palanquin carried by a bunch of mooks and he's like, giant monster you're supposed to be attacking the rangers he's like, I am four <laughs> or whatever the fuck so he's attacking them and the rangers show up and there's fighting and then the, the giant stay puff marshmallow robot that absorbs like dead monsters in normal episodes shows up to beat the shit out of this child and take his form so it can wreak havoc. So you have this Stay Puff assaulting a pig man and then the rest of the rangers okay, they, they fix the giant zord so they can merge together again and and defend this, this child from the giant monster and then the, the bad guys send attacking alien planes and this is where the pink ranger helps the monster be good at math by counting how many planes they're destroying. We destroyed four and we destroyed two more. How many is that now? <laughs> like, they're teaching math in the middle of a giant robot fight. <laughs> I love this stupid show. <laughs> anyway, they save the kid. They destroy all the things. They, they destroy the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. 
The day is saved. The pig monster somehow gets home on his own from this alien planet Earth to his own planet, which is a matte painting of a city. And then he's happy because the the pink ranger wrote on his little claw. They have a giant pig monster claw prop, which is cool. I always love when they they, they have like a life-size prop. Aside from the giant pencils it was throwing. And she writes like a hundred on his little claw and a little heart. It's like, you got a good score. Good boy. Aww. And he goes home happy to flunk his tests because he only knows numbers in Japanese. <laughs> and that's the episode. That it's, sounds pretty charming. It is. All right. Right, so that does it for us this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots, strangely also nautical-themed. Yay! Uh, but until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And where we have done many other Transformers series, including Beast Wars, which, hey, Beast Wars characters are in the new Transformers movie that the trailer just dropped. Go back and yeah. listen to those episodes. <laughs> oh, man. You can remember who Rhinox is. I'm sure no one has forgotten who Rhinox is. <laughs> well, yeah, but Rhinox is now voiced by someone who wasn't Rhinox, but he's the only voice actor that we know of that's from the original series. Although you can probably get Scott McNeil really fucking easy if you're going to have yeah. a trap cameo or need any background characters. Any, ba- like, all the characters. It might be a union thing with Canadians, though. Oh. Ooh, maybe. Because I think yeah. Sobolov has moved to the States. Possibly. Uh, well, you that can- would explain things. That would explain a lot of things. I feel like he does a lot more U.S. stuff now. You could probably get David Kay, but I don't know if you would want him to voice anything. Other than, please post credit sequence with Beast Megatron. I would yes. die happy. That would be great. Yes. Uh, Just have him show up like Thanos. He's purple. Have him, instead of putting on a gauntlet at the end of the movie, like he puts on a giant purple T-Rex head on his hand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So we have, uh, every month we do a special Patreon episode uh, where we talk about something fun. Uh, we haven't decided what to do for December. Uh, for November, uh, we watched the movie Willow, which not all of us had seen recently or at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am, for one, looking forward to uh, watching the first episode of that series tonight. Oh, I think yeah. like the first two drops? Yeah, they released the first two at a time, but okay, that might be too much fair. Willow in one session. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have time or anything. I mean, that's almost <laughs> as long as the movie. Yeah. Well. I don't. I haven't had enough time today to do the things I want to do. That's also a thing mm-hmm. I want to do, though, so that's mm-hmm. kind of included. Uh but I'm, I need to look and see if there's like, we need to find like some 80s Christmas special. Isn't there a Smurfs one? Probably. I know there's, there's, uh, there's a Pac-Man one. Oh, I don't want to watch that one. That's too bad. I mean, We're going to the, find There's the Claymation some... Christmas. Well, yeah, that one is oh. like legit. Good. That one's legit. What's, we could watch. <laughs> I mean, there's that He-Man one. My favorite thing to oh, watch good, when I had to work it. overnight shifts on Christmas Eve two years in a row 
uh, was the Muppet Family Christmas, uh, which you have to find on YouTube to get it unedited because there was some rights issue with a couple of the best songs in it. Oh. And if there's one thing that I know too much about, it's right issue, rights issues with music. Yeah. I, I think maybe the most 80s Christmas movie is Santa Claus the Movie. Yeah, oh. yeah, that one. Is... I mean, you get John Lithgow, but it's not good. And, and, yeah. and you got the big Lebowski as uh, Santa Claus, <laughs> and and Dudley Moore, who I just kind of don't get. I yeah. feel like there's definitely some some really good ones out there. So I'm gonna have to do some digging around in the next couple days, and I will find us some really amazing Christmas special to watch for December. All right. If anyone has any recommendations, uh, I, for one, am not really on Twitter anymore, except to occasionally go over to Twitter and remind people that I have started a Mastodon server on Retro.Pizza. Uh, so if you are interested in also leaving Twitter, uh, there is a lot of Transformers content going on over there. It's pretty great. Well, we, we could always watch a holiday Lacey Chabert movie like um, Mean Girls. Guys, my my Mastodon server Patreon is doing so much better than our podcast Patreon. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll plug the podcast over there more. I will. I will. I keep. Uh, I keep. I've signed up for the Mastodon. I just forget to use it. Except see, I, I can't forget to use it because the other option is Twitter, and I, it's it's basically my methadone clinic. Mm. <laughs> Like, I have to be constantly posting somewhere. And if it's not going to be Twitter, then it's going to be Mastodon. (laughs) All right. So until next time, when we are going to be a hero and try to turn the tide, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Ahoy! And away, I'm David All right. Can make sure my yep. Make sure my squiggle is squiggling. Uh, yeah, a little bit, I think. Okay, my squiggles are also squiggling. I may have been a second late with my record button there, but I think I'm okay. That's fine. All right, so we're ready to go? Yeah.